Hello, David Zeritsky for The Bond Experience. Welcome back. I am joined once again by a good friend of mine, a, a bit of a guru, and we'll get into that in a second, but Sean Laurel, welcome back to the show. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm I'm doing fine, you know, and, and before we started recording, you and I, I think, had a very positive and uplifting conversation because a lot of people ask, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, let me tell you. And, and that's a choice. But right away when I asked you, you were like, I can't complain. Things are going well. It, it's about a positive look at things, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah, I think it, it's, it's um, people often say we are what we think. And I think that's very, very true. So it's yeah. difficult to do sometimes, but if you spend your time thinking about all the negative things that are happening to you or happening in the world, that can have a really bad effect on your general outlook in life. Whereas if you can have a more positive look, and you know, when, when we chatted before, I said to you, you can't always control what happens to you in your life, but you can control how you react to it. It's not always that easy, but if you can start to get into that methodology, uh, it can have some real benefits to your life, I think. That's a great point. And by the way, for those, that are joining us, some of you for the first time even. Um, as you can see by the thumbnail, this is really to talk about um, what we affectionately call the hashtag Bond25 Fitness Challenge. It's something that people really engaged on, oh wow, way back in 2018, if you could believe it, where people just stopped a moment and said, you know something, I'm, I'm not perfectly happy where I am from a uh, health, wellness, fitness standpoint. I want to get into the best shape of my life, mind and body. Um, I know it's going to take activity and diet. And Sean was so good to use his experience and his knowledge on live events, on these videos. And Sean, remind us, you did a little uh, thing called Be More Bond, which we have as the background. What was that all about? So um, over the years, I've put out a few different books, um, some from a, a, a British publishing house called Haynes, which did all the, if, you, if you're British, you'll know the, the Haynes books. Um, and then I ended up trying to do a few self-published books. And, and we'd had a chat. I'm obviously a, a big Bond fan. And, and the name Sean came from my mum, so a family of, of Bond fans. Um, and it seemed appropriate to put a fitness program out there that was inspired by the character, whether it's the character in the books, the character in the movies, the type of training and, and diet and, and sort of outlook on life that he might have to do, put something out there for people to, to inspire them to get fit um, and to see fitness under a different light. It's not always about going to the gym. It's not always about going to fitness classes. What would somebody like Bond do? And, and, and that's where we ended up with Be More Bond. It's such a, for, for those that have engaged, and we'll put links below, it's such a fun read. Why I enjoy going back to it from time to time is it's not just educational, it's infotainment. It, it's fun, and you can absolutely tell a real Bond fan did it. Because sometimes these books come out of these articles, you know, Esquire magazine, get the Bond fitness, and, and you could tell it just wasn't a Bond fan that did it. So, I mean, it must have meant something for a Bond fan to write this. Yeah, I think um, I had to develop a certain style for the sort of the Haynes type books. And it's almost uh, a conversational style, I guess. It's not it's not a, a, an academic style. And I think mm. that lent it, itself well to to this sort of writing. Um, but as you say, whenever you sit down and write, um, thinking about how a character like this, who, you know, it, it, it is um, 
the Bond character is obviously based on Fleming's experience, but equally there is a, an element of larger than life. So I think sitting back and thinking, how would this person actually approach fitness and what would their job mean that they have to train in a different way to, to the majority of us? That was really enjoyable. And as you say, um, as a real fan, it, it made you think about different movies, different books, different scenes. How would he approach this? How would he approach that? So no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Have you heard from people that engaged with what you were talking about in the book yeah i've had uh, you know there was there was a couple of people that sort of sent through before and after shots um in terms of how they're and it's not always about the, the aesthetic change don't get me wrong but they were really inspiring because the whole premise was no kit i you know he, there was not even a pull-up bar in there which obviously we see bond in skyfall he, he's good at pull-ups but the idea was that in a hotel room he wouldn't necessarily have that what would he have if all of a sudden right there's your plane tickets get on a plane you're going out here you're in this hotel room and you're working from there you can't go to the gym because maybe you're not supposed to be there or you're in a hotel room, a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what can you use? So a lot of people came back and, and sort of said that was really inspiring that I can train at home with a, with a towel and, and do exercises like deadlifts with my own body. And I'd never thought that that was that was possible. So I think for, you know, for especially people starting a fitness journey, the, the gym can often be quite an intimidating place. So um, I heard from quite a few people who said they enjoyed that side of it. As you know, there's some martial arts in there, some, mm -hmm. some Krav Maga, which we saw Bond using Quantum of Solace. So people have said they enjoyed that as something different, learning new movements with their body. Um, and then the sort of the Bond take on, on food, which, as, as you'll know, was more of a, if you're going to put something into your body, then it wants to be the better side of life. Bond likes, you know, the, 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 the finer things in life. So that's a good way to approach diet in general, I think. It's not always about not eating too much or, or trying to eat too little. It's about if I choose the best that's out there, then that's going to be better for my body long term anyway. So true. And by the way, when I talk about Sean bringing his experience to the table, it's not just as a Bond fan, but Sean, talk to us a little bit about what you've done in your past. I know fitness model, military, but how have you brought it all together? Um, God, I don't know how long far back we want to go. I was quite a good <laughs> athlete at school. Um, I played I played a number of sports. I was a 400 meter runner and a cross country runner. Um, and I probably decided um, in my teens that um, I wanted to start using a gym or at least doing lots of press ups and things at home. So I was probably a fitness addict from young, probably inspired by Sean Connery with his his past, but also in that period, you know, your, your, your Sylvester Stallone, your Arnold Schwarzenegger's, not that I ever wanted to be huge, but um, just, just fit. Yeah. Um, I joined the Royal Marines Commandos uh, at 21. Um, I, was, I was keen on doing that through uni. I went to university and did a degree in genetics. Um, and then I spent um, eight years as a, as a regular Royal Marines Commando, um, general duties, which is, you know, your normal Green Beret doing the sort of job, but I also specialize as a physical training and sports officer. So um, within the Royal Marines Commandos, you can specialize as a medic, as a driver, um, as a mountain leader, um, or as a physical training instructor. So they then train you to be an elite military physical training instructor, which I was very, very lucky to do. Towards the end of that career, I was asked to write the Royal Marines Guide to Fitness for Haynes. Um, and at that point, I decided to step away from full-time military work. And then, as you've alluded to, I fell into um, men's health, men's fitness writing, um, which led to men's fitness, men's health, and broader modeling. 
Um, so I ended up on, on the cover of a few magazines and, and doing workouts and things for them. Um, and then a few years back, I decided to step back into the military fold. So um, I'm now on a 180 day contract a year within the military. So I get to do my own work, but I also get to work for them. So um, sometimes you'll see me clean shaven when I've got to go and do some stuff that requires that. And other times I'm, I'm living, I'm living a good life. I'm studying a master's in psychology at the moment. So um, yeah, it kind of all comes together to say that I, I do know some things about fitness and I, and I try to impart that on people as best I can. Psychology is such a natural progression or even evolution for you because one of the things I love about your Instagram uh, and Facebook for that matter is you have these, to call them affirmations is not the right thing, but you have these wonderful things every day that you want people to contemplate about. I can tell you've already used it to align yourself from a psychological standpoint, which I think is what we've talked about. It's not just about the body. And, and I want to just, I mean, I'm sure I've popped up a couple pictures of uh, Sean uh, as a fitness model, but that it's not about the aesthetics. If you look great on the outside, but you're a raging turmoil and chaos on the inside, uh, all bets are off. I mean, and I think you would agree with that. Yeah, I think I've, I've often said to people, if that aesthetic goal is your number one goal, go for health first, because you'll, you'll put that aesthetic goal uh, such a on such a pedestal that you'll probably never be happy with it anyway. I once said to somebody, every single book I've written, it's never been perfect when I've given it to the publisher. It, it can't be by, as soon as you put it out there, you'll read something, think about something, you want to change it. I think, you know, even Arnold Schwarzenegger said it in his heyday, he was never actually happy with what he saw because as soon as the chest grew a little bit, the shoulder looked smaller. So then you go to the shot and then the vice and you're chasing something that's never going to end. So I say to people, aim for the health because that's going to keep you alive for longer anyway. And most people that do that see some of the aesthetic changes they see. You also touched on the psychology and so many people I've helped have come to me because they want to be able to do so many pull-ups or they want to look physically better or they want to be able to squat a certain weight. And actually, once we've started to achieve that, they become more confident. And the confidence in either how they look or being able to do something is actually what they were after all the time. They didn't realize that. They'd, they'd, they'd assigned that to another goal. But I think that's where the psychology with the confidence and the, the fitness can all kind of become this, this nice little self-supporting triangle. All right. So you nailed it because the Trinity aspect of confidence, of health and aesthetics is what we're talking about today. Because, Sean, I want to let you in and you may have seen this on your own. So this is may not be an aha moment for you. The reason I reached out to you specifically is because I saw a flurry of activity, positive activity around the hashtag Bond 25 Fitness Challenge, where every now and then I'll see a little thing and I, 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 I follow the hashtag, maybe you do as well. And it went from two today to five a day to six. And now it's up to like, no exaggeration, 35 a day that are popping up. And I, re I started asking people just a simple question. I said, you know, what is this? Why are you posting more to this? And you seem to be working out more. And I have people reaching out to me saying, you know, what, what is your diet like? And what are you doing? And you look like you leaned, you know, in the last few months. And I realized in hearing from them, their answer was, I feel like we're being together more. I feel like things are moving in a positive direction. And so I'm going to be there in person. Right now, for example, we're on StreamYard. It's like a Zoom thing. And look at this. I, you don't see my belly. I could have a giant beer belly. We don't know. Sean could. He doesn't. Um, but the other thing is many people, for, for them, COVID-19, the 19 wasn't just 
you know, uh, the, the empirical formula of the disease itself, it is literally, they gained 19 pounds in some cases. And so people stepped back and said, if I'm going to be present and I'm going to be celebrating bond and maybe even celebrating going to a new movie together with people, I'm going to get into the best shape of our life. And as of when this is going to premiere, which is around mid July, um, we uh, we don't have too much time left, hopefully, until a movie debuts and we're there possibly together to do these types of things. So it's more important than ever. So I'm gonna ask you a big question and then we're going to whittle it away <laughs> like the aesthetics it is. If somebody is watching this today and they're looking down or even psychologically, they're just not feeling good about way, the way they're presenting themselves or they don't feel healthy, where do they begin? It's a good question. And um, something in the fitness industry that, that, that is probably not always followed as, as well as it should be is there is not really a one size fits all. So to say where should they begin is, is probably slightly difficult to answer yeah. yet because it really depends on what their starting point is and, and attaching that to a realistic goal. Um, and you know, whether you work in business, whether you work in fitness in the military, that smart goal, I probably don't need to go into the smart goal, but you can give it a Google if, you, if, you, if you're listening, you've not, you've not understood the smart goal. Attaching it to a real goal is really important because if you just say, I'm going to lose some weight or I want to run faster, or I want to be a bit leaner. It doesn't really make any sense. So I think um, where people should start depends on where they are. That's not just physically and, and, and in terms of their health, but where they are in their mindset. We spoke about psychology. Um, if, if you're going through a hard time in your life and you decide to attach your happiness to maybe being aesthetically more pleasing, that might be a good thing to do, but it might actually not be a very achievable thing. Then if you don't achieve it, do you, do, do you have more problems? So. Um, Difficult question to answer, but I would say nutrition is key to any mm. health and fitness. So if you're trying to hit the gym, you're trying to follow some Zoom classes or whatever you're doing, and you're not paying any attention to your nutrition, you're probably not going to see the results you want to see. Equally, yeah. um, progression, um, and what I mean by that is I, I say to people, if you do the same reps for the same sets with the same weight, you'll be the same you something has to progress and you'll see this in be more bond for you to go from a to b so if i was going to say anything it would be nutrition and progression i love that so all right let's let's take a real life example a case study um and i'm going to use me so we don't pick on anybody else even though i've heard and you've heard a million stories um and this is a bit of a confessional so these types of things you know i'll a feeling of not feeling healthy or even weight gain, and you know this all too well, it doesn't happen like a light switch. It happens slowly over time, and then there's a realization. So um, several months ago, I was watching one of my videos, and I noticed that when I was sitting down, there was this extra role, if you will, I'm being very kind to myself, um, in a sweater that used to fit very well. And I realized, hmm, and I weighed myself. Now, I never weigh myself. I just kind of don't believe in it. Um, but I did weigh myself. And what I was, and, you know, I'm I'm five foot nine, um, I weighed 179. Now, usually before COVID, I had weighed probably around 168. So I, I had definitely gained some weight. Um, and listen, you know, you've seen, you've seen me, it certainly wasn't obese. It was about 
there was a part of me that wasn't feeling as healthy as I could feel. But more importantly, there was a bit of an aesthetics thing going on. And then, and then of course, psychological. So what I did was, and you tell me if this was the right first step, because I mean, we can really look backwards. I did an analysis, like you said, I did analysis of myself of where I was, what I was doing with fitness, what I was doing with nutrition, um, timing, things like that. I really just sat down and instead of just going, hmm, what should I do now? Or let me read this self-help book. I started writing down my patterns and I looked at habits that had changed, some for the better, some for the worse. Um, I'm going to fast forward. I got almost mathematical about things, about Good. protein, um, about timing, about alcohol, um, little things like that. Even, even changing things up with my workout. Um, and I will just tell you to fast forward today. I've leaned up. A lot of people have noticed. Um, now I'm uh, 162, 163. I feel great. Um, I'm seeing things that I haven't seen, good things in a long time. My suits and blazers are fitting me better. I, I've actually had to move down a size or two with bathing suits. Yay. But more importantly, if I didn't have that self-analysis, which was just to be the best version of me as my overall goal, I don't think I would have been as successful. What do you think? Yeah, so I think um, you're being very scientific with it. And for some people that works really well. And again, this comes to there is no size fits all. Other people, if you try to make them that scientific with it, oh, it's too much for me to cope with and they won't do anything. So it does come down to the individual. As, you, as I said, I'm studying um, psychology. So there's an area of psychology called personality and individual differences. You probably heard introvert, extrovert, neuroticism, all those things come into it. So I think as anybody in fitness, it's really a good un, un, to get an understanding of the individual. So it worked for you and that's great. It doesn't mean it would work for everybody else, but I do commend it. I wanna say two, two things first. Firstly, I think if we look at your, your pictures and things for in a sort of Piers Brosnan era to now, and you're obviously some way older, um, I hope you don't mind me saying, you look a lot better these days in terms of health and fitness than you did back then. So you. whatever you've done has worked, um, and you've obviously got a good feeling with your body and understand how to go from A to B. That, that counts a lot because not everybody can do that. You mentioned weight. Um, when I do work with people one-to-one, -one, which I don't all the time, and, and I haven't for, for, for many years, certainly face-to-face, -face, I would not allow people to weigh themselves. Um, the scales are a dangerous thing because I'll give you an example. I hadn't weighed myself for a couple of years either, and I stayed in a hotel for the first time since before COVID happened with, with Kate a couple of weeks ago for her birthday. And there was a, there was a scale, so she weighed herself and I weighed myself. And I was a good, uh, we work in kilos over here, so I, you know, my, I was a good kilo heavier than I expected to be. But I haven't been using a gym in over 18 months, and I'm just as lean as I always am. I'm quite genetically fortunate. So muscle weighs more than fat. So somewhere, yeah. even though I'm not using a gym, and I'm actually completely plant-based now, so my food is pretty healthy, pretty clean. Oh, wow. um, so that extra weight now you obviously saw it in terms of how you saw yourself and then weighed yourself so the point i'm trying to make is having an extra bit of weight isn't necessarily a bad thing because muscle does yeah. weigh more than fat and if i want to help somebody lean up a lot generally i try to add muscle because muscles are more metabolic tissue so when you see an actor that will go on a to get ready for a superhero movie or maybe even you know the bond character they'll often try to add muscle because adding the muscle will help them lean up rather than going straight to the lean 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 you can end up getting into a, a negative space. So um, those are the two things I wanted to say. In terms of the sort of scientific way you looked at it, 
it's really good to look back at what you used to do and what you're now doing and what's changed. And for most people, it's probably just relaxing off a little bit, isn't it? Um, you mentioned alcohol. I try to tell people if you want to make one change, um, tr avoid crap. And crap stands for carbonated drinks, refined sugar, additives and alcohol. And I am saying alcohol there if you really want to be really good with it. Probably a whiskey bottle in the background somewhere. And um, processed foods. Now, when I say remove alcohol, you don't have to remove it completely. But if you're someone who's having a couple of drinks or one drink every night, that adds up. So when we talk about calories, you talked about knowing how much protein you're going to have. Protein and carbs have four grams, uh, four calories per gram each. Fats have nine calories per gram. Alcohol has seven calories per gram, but alcohol is completely nutritionally devoid. It, it doesn't do anything for right. us. So when you drink a lot, there's a lot more calories going in there. So it's just finding that happy balance, both for the mind, but also for the body. A lot of information lot of, there, I appreciate. No, 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 no. But that's so important because how many times have you seen posts or stories? I have done them myself where during COVID, because as an excuse of lockdown, we had happy hour every day. It wasn't just a Friday occurrence. You had it every day. And of course, what did I do with my happy hours? Because, you know, I'm, I'm married to, you know, literally a gourmet cook. Um, we would have snacks. Hmm, can't have alcohol without snacks. That's illegal uh, in most countries. So we would have snacks. And so, I mean, just little changes like, you know, I stopped with the veggie chips and the things like that and, and the things that were part of the crap you know, anagram, if you will, um, and kind of went to other places to get my crunch, you know, if you will. So baby carrots, you know, little, little switches. And that's the other thing that I think was, has been successful. And I want to get your point on this. I think a lot of people go into this and maybe are watching this video because they want some sort of extreme change in their life, mm. as opposed to sometimes it's the low and slow, you know, changing two or three things, instead of taking the elevator, taking the steps, instead of getting rid of, you know, all of those fun foods, you know, maybe taking a look at a few alternatives during the week. But what do you think about low and slow versus maybe cold turkey? I think, again, it becomes something that you attach to the individual. So mm. I would work with somebody to try and understand what sort of person they are. And that might be asking them questions about how they generally deal with things in life um, or understanding what they've done with fitness before so some people can completely cold turkey so if if somebody's been a smoker before and you ask them how they quit smoking some people can put the pack down there's 10 left in it and they just stop and they don't pick it up again other people need to go down to five and then get the patch and so that can help you if they've been a smoker or or something like that understand how they would deal with that sort of thing some people need to make one change a week and by attaching their goal to that one change a week Six weeks in, they've made some fundamental six big changes. Other people can change everything, completely turn over, and they'll work well with that. So I'd say to people, I've written every single book I've written to the point where, um, I'll tell a little story here because it's a, it's a fun story. I had a Leatherman. A Leatherman. Yeah, uh, love them. The pliers, yeah. Yeah, and I'd used it in my military career. It had been out to Afghanistan with me. And I was in New York with Kate on the anniversary of 9-11, and I'd left it in my hand luggage. So, of course, they were put it in the bin and I said, oh, look, you know, this is can I not give it to the captain? And, you know, it was immediately Sir, put it in the bin. Oh, OK, I put yeah. it in the bin and then I realized I'd left the, 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 the case and I thought, well, I don't need to throw the case away. So I went back to the bin and they came over and I said, I'm just getting this bit anyway. So Kate bought me a new one and she had engraved on the blade. Know thyself. 
And, and the reason she had that is every single book I've written, I've talked about knowing yourself or know thyself. The better you can get to know yourself, how you react in situations, when you'll get anxious, when you'll get angry, when you'll be impatient, the better you'll be at whatever life throws at you. So if health and fitness is something that you now want to take on, how you will react to what we're talking about, if you, if you take a step back and think about how you are used to doing things, are you somebody who can take a full load of changes? And equally, is your life set up to do that? Do you have a lot of responsibilities, work, kids, pressures of, of people you've got to look after, you know, during COVID, probably better changing a few different things. If you're quite self-reliant and you don't have many people relying on you, then maybe you can change everything and see how you manage it. So um, both work. Is, is the answer one's a little quicker than the other sometimes but it's all down to the individual know thyself if 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 this audience takes anything away i think it's that because what I, and i wrote this down as part of our discussion what i wanted to talk to you as somebody that have really mentored and coached individuals to do this not just in the military but obviously in health and fitness is you hear probably you especially have heard every excuse in the book what I tend to hear from people, good friends of mine, other podcasters, is I'd love to do this, but you know, I'm just too busy. So know thyself. Is it too busy or are you deprioritizing this? I mean, what, what's your experience with this? So there's a, there's a phrase that I use a lot when I hear that, which is if something's important to you, you'll find a way. It's not you'll find an excuse. And the way I've tied this into something a little bit more um, salient to people, if you like, is if I said to you, I will give you a million dollars if you complete all the workouts in a year, do you think you'd do it? Now, most people, there's a few people out there who don't need the money, but most people would. All of a sudden, it changes. So talking about the psychology I've been doing, I was really surprised during the clinical psychology module, we were told by one of the, um, the experts on substance abuse and alcoholism, that actually, if you tie something to giving up, that's really, really, really meaningful to them, they can actually do it. And these have been research that have shown this, which mm. I just didn't expect to hear. You know, you think that usually that substance abuse problem is so ingrained, but actually if the financial reward, supposedly according to the research, and, and, and I'd have to find the research that we were quoted to be able to, to back up this claim, I think it's the same with health and fitness. So you really have to look at it. If you find yourself constantly making excuses, then it's just not important enough to you. And, and what's important, know thyself, is that's okay. It's okay yeah. for it not to be important enough to you. If a six pack isn't as important as spending time with your kids, that's okay. You know, if, if eating really healthily is not as important as having a couple of beers or having a glass of wine because you enjoy it, that's okay. It's getting that into your head as well. That um, I don't have to achieve this, but if it's something that's really important to you, you will find the time, even if it's setting the alarm 15 minutes earlier and doing a 15 minute workout, you know, yeah. it, it, it can be done or as you say, stopping the car a few streets over and walking or jogging a little bit to work and using the shower at work. There are ways of doing it. You all have to find your own ways. And that's why a one-to-one -one coach can be good sometimes. But yeah, you, you can do it if you really want to. It's just whether it, it is a priority to you. I, th I think that goes back to what your wife agreed on the blade is know thyself. Because I know that when I started my journey, as you said, back in the Brosnan era and kind of moved into the Craig thing, even to today, I'm constantly thinking about what 
what motivates me? And early on, it was to be more Bond. You know, it was, it was, can I, you know, look more like Daniel Craig if I'm going to be living this lifestyle of, of locations and travel and cars and trappings? Um, shouldn't I quasi look the part or try to look the part? That fell away very quickly within the first year, I would say, because then you become so ingrained in motivating yourself to be the best version of David Zaritsky. You know, and that that was even just in the last few months where I stepped back and said, wow, look at me. Uh, this isn't the best version of me. I'm just kind of curious. And I jumped on the scale, bad scale, uh, and, and walked away with this aha. It was, it was absolutely a motivator for me. What happened was the visual of me in that video was the first motivator. That fell away very quickly, just like the Bond one fell away very quickly. And now I'm more having fun with a transformation, with adding new things, with, you know, changing, you know, my, I don't, I don't like to call it diet. I like to call it nutrition like you do, because diet means it's temporary and I'm trying to lose weight, which I'm not. Um, but yeah, it's, you really have to do take stock in your motivation. Yeah, I think you do. And I think it's okay to understand as well that motivation can change. Um, just because you decide to do something for, for a certain reason, that's a great thing because it gives you purpose and purpose in life, whatever we're talking about is really important. If, if we as human beings don't have a purpose, we tend to, you know, we get quite depressed, but also we don't necessarily live our best lives. And I don't mean that in the hashtag live your best life. I mean, in terms of we don't always make the best choices. So the motivation is important to have, but if it changes as it has for you, and I'm sure it has for me, you know, initially, my probably addiction with wanting to be as fit as possible was to, to join an elite military force. Well, I did that. It didn't mean I gave up. You know, it's ingrained in you and you want to do it for other reasons. So that, that's really important, I think. Um, and the same with the healthy eating. That's why I say to people, go health first. You might want to try and eat in a, in a, in a more healthy way because of the aesthetics. But, you know, if you then find that doing so makes you feel better, you're sleeping better, um, you've got more energy, there becomes a different reason to do it, which is you say beyond training for the bond and now training for yourself, you train for the aesthetics and then realize actually I'm healthier and my whole life is rewarded for doing so. So can we stay on that topic for a minute or two on, or more, around nutrition? Because one of the things you know you hear bantied about is a mathematical equation, you know, the 70-30, that, you know, 70% of your aesthetics and your body and, you know, maybe even your health is diet. And, you know, 25 to 30% is your activity. Number one, is that something that you found? Is that a correct mathematical formula? Is it individual? And number two, let's jump into the nutrition conversation. So I'll, I'll let you take that first part first. So before I joined the military, I did a degree in genetics. So genetics and individual people, in, our individual genes is really important. So I think that that nutrition 70% and activity 30% could be right for some people some of the time. I would say it's probably more 50-50. Um, mm. If somebody's got a lot of weight to lose, then you could argue that the nutritional changes are going to be more important than the activity because the activity at that point, too much activity could be dangerous for them. At the other end of the scale, if you look at a, a bodybuilder who wants to lose that last little bit of body fat to step on stage, nutrition probably becomes very, very key for those last little bits, but they can't ignore the activity. And then in the middle, we'll probably find that if we get the activity right and we get 
70% of the, of the eating right, we'll probably see some big changes. And then you factor in genetics on top of that. So, you know, I'm, I'm relatively lucky probably with my genes in terms of how I am able to stay lean. That is genetic. But also, I think if you look at the environment that happened from probably 10 years old to 20 years old and then in, into the military until 30 years old, there was a lot of activity compared to most people sat behind a desk that has to come into added to the genetics. So in a long roundabout way, I think forget the numbers. The numbers aren't actually important. It doesn't change you. If you do both of them as best you can, you'll see results. If you try to do one, th th there's, a, there's a theme in, in some people's mind with minimum effective dose. I'm not a minimum effective dose person. <laughs> Don't look for the shortest way to do it. Don't look for the, for the right. cheap way to do it. Do whatever you're doing fully in life yeah. in general, and you will see the results you want. Don't look for the least amount you can do to get the results. But that's why you know this, this that's why there's a multi-billion dollar industry based on you can take a pill or, hey, we've discovered a machine where you only have to do 15 minutes a week of exercise and you'll be, you know, they're, they're, I mean, people just drink that up, don't they? They do. And, you know, we've had gym industries and fitness magazines and I'll hold my hand up and say, you know, I, I've written for them. I've, I've, I've worked for them. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's a moral thing for me now where I don't mm. want to be part of that. And I'm not saying I've ever, you know, done something that says 28 days and you can have a six pack, but somebody may have used an image of me for that. And that mm. then doesn't sit very well with me. So yeah, you know, if we know anything about human beings, whether it's our, thought processes we look for we look for ease cognitive ease we look for the, the 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 thing that makes sense the quickest that's what we do so sometimes when we're looking at surveys and polls that's not necessarily a good thing because we look for the quickest thing we do so as well with um with fitness we want the quick answer the quick fix but um nothing in life worthwhile is easy yeah and most people aren't fit and healthy if we're really honest not not in the sense we're talking about with that with that bond character in, in mind hmm. so if you want to achieve that and most people don't have it it's probably makes sense to say that it's not easy to achieve it so some sacrifices yeah. are going to be needed so yeah the 28 days that the, you know it's why i don't do transformation type things you know eight week transformation program it's not it might be true for one or two people out of 10, but for the majority, you don't know their starting point, you know, so yeah. you, you can't claim that and it's unfair to do so because people start it, they finish it, they get disheartened and then they leave fitness and health. And you're more likely to remove people from the general fitness arena than being honest with them and hopefully keeping them in for the long haul. Yeah. And so with the theme of there's no shortcut to nutrition or any of these things that we're talking about, and I love the, uh, the crap, uh, uh analogy and it what is it acronym acronym thank you oh my gosh i need a, a thesaurus here uh i love that approach is there anything because there's a lot of people watching this right now is there anything that is universal with nutrition that you could recommend is it you know you eat more chicken you know you talked about a plant-based diet is there anything that we could all embrace I don't want to get too political with the, with, with the plant-based diet thing. Um, that is something that I've wandered into. Um, so if people ask me why I joined the military, I joined the military, let's say, because I didn't like bullies as a kid. Um, and for me, joining the military or the police force, or whatever you may, you may say, is a way to stand up to the world's bullies. So for me to join the Royal Marines Commandos was part of that. People who can't help themselves that might need helping. 
I kind of see animals in that box now. Um, and the way that we might treat animals isn't the way that I believe we should. Owning a dog, chastising the dueling dog festival, and then realising that actually the way I might treat a cow if I'm eating burgers, which Kate and I used to, you know, that's the restaurants we used to go to, is probably the same for Hindus looking at me. So to avoid the, the sort of hypocrisy that I felt I was putting out there, I decided to end it. With climate change, whether you, 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 whatever your thoughts on that, it seems to be that animal agriculture is a real problem with that, and it is something we're going to have to face. So those are my views. I'm not going to try and push anybody down that 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 uh, that, that direction right now. Um, but anybody who adopts a plant-based diet does eat a lot more fruits and vegetables. And even a piece mm. of research I was reading this morning about the the gut uh, microbes um, that we we all should have and need to yes. have um, is you know, excess fiber from fruits and veg seems to really help with that. Fruits and veg takes uh, information down. We know that. Um, and, you know, it's very good for sort of any sort of cancers or that sort of thing, certainly colon cancer and things. So I think um, that's something I would say is whether you want to go completely plant based or not, eat more fruits and vegetables, particularly vegetables. I generally say to people, fruits are great, but they're like, um, especially if you're trying to lose body fat, they're like, um, they're like nature's fast food in one sense, because you can pick up an apple and eat it. You can pick up a banana and eat it. You can get an orange and eat it. Whereas veg, generally, we want to cook it. Not many people walk around biting on a broccoli. So it fits into that laziness that we talked about with a minimum effective dose. The problem is with fruit is it's quite, it's quite sugary. Um, it's quite mm. high sugar. Now, it's good sugars. Don't get me wrong. Compare it to processed foods or refined yeah. sugars. I'd rather somebody ate that. But a lot of people say, oh, I'm, I'm on a health kick. And they're coming to work with seven pieces of fruit in a Tupperware. If you actually look at the amount of calories in that and what they need, they might be edging themselves over. So fruit tends to be nutritionally dense, but also calorifically dense. Whereas vegetables right. tend to be nutritionally dense, but calorifically low. So that's a really good tip. Some other simple tips that I've used, and I've used these with with uh for the military i've been asked a few times to go and talk to uh kids rugby teams kids football teams people that are getting to that age sort of 16 17 and they don't know what they're doing with their life so not not such a recruiting thing but just somebody who kind of knows the area and talk mm -hmm. about health and fitness and it might give them an inkling that actually the military is a good option for them so it's using your hands and you you, you may have heard this before so if i want to think about what food i'm going to have on my plate but I don't want to weigh the amount of protein. I don't want to weigh, I don't want to get into that because it can lead to some problems with food like anorexia and those sorts of things. And I don't want to give people any, any issues like that. So use your hands. Two fist size amounts of veg with every single meal. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I used to be called hands. I've got big hands, <laughs> not, not mine, other people's. So two fist size amounts of veg with every meal. That should be the first thing you've got on your plate. That should be the mm. first thing you're thinking about. Broccoli, cauliflower, for example, yeah. peas, whatever it may be. If you're trying to lose body fat and trying to cut down a little bit, as you were when you noticed in your video, a cup, hand cup size amount of carbohydrate. So that might be rice, that might be mashed potato, mm. that might, whatever it may be, a cup size amount. A palm size to a palm and a half size of protein. So for me, that might be red kidney beans, that might be chickpeas, for other people, that might be some sort of animal product. And then a thumb size amount of fats so that might be avocado that might be olive oil tipped on those are the basic things that you can do for a meal that that's all you have to think about if you do that for 90 percent of your meals and then 10 percent of them might be you're going out for a takeaway because you like it or you know having a, a an evening in watching watching sports with a pizza 
that might be a couple of times a week but if 90 percent of your meals are working around this you should see some good results that's huge so i had i heard about the palm size you know with the with that protein i'd never heard about anything else that is fantastic that's it's a new way of thinking of someone being handsy which is a much more positive <laughs> way obviously but that is so great because, um, by, by the way, some of my background is science-based, even what I do today in uh, science and pharmaceutical advertising and marketing. And what you're talking about with the fruit and the plants, you know, having flora, the flora, you know, what people don't realize in your stomach, there's flora. It's almost like grass. Think about it as yeah. grass where it should stand up and it should be waving like this and in, in all the wonderful liquid that you create. When it lays down flat, it's no bueno, terrible. It's how you get ulcers and things like this. But um, the food that you eat should actually make the grass stand up nice and strong, just like nature, quite frankly. Um, what I found over time is that, and you, you probably already know this, some people that look at their gut sometimes will see bloat. So they're not just seeing fat, they're seeing the extension of their belly because the flora in your in your stomach, the pH is really off. So it creates an extreme amount of bloat. And women tend to get this, they tend to get a lot of bloat. Um, and you can do things for that bloat and suddenly you find out, which is why when you wake up at four in the morning and you look down at your stomach, that's the time you should take a picture of yourself because you know you, your bloat is down, everything is calm. But I love the idea of having even some sort of measurability, but I'm gonna take it one step further because is that for three meals a day, two meals a day? intermittent fasting because we have to talk about the timing of this yeah so timing timing is always secondary to um the amount of calories so let's say mm. we were going to we were going to forget this for now so forget that for now because if i was going to try and get somebody to add muscle it wouldn't be a cup size amount it would be probably two or three depending on the individual and what they want to do so what i've just given you is generally if somebody feels like they're on the high end of calories they're probably eating too much they've not got nutrition gripped at the moment that's probably for somebody for three meals a day who's just trying to get a grip on it there might be a little snack in there i'm i'm not the biggest fan of intermittent fasting it does work for some people and one of my best friends does do it and he's used it to really good effect he's like the person over uh, over the COVID period that i've seen do the opposite to everybody else he by his own admission was carrying what we were saying in the military some extra timber and he was carrying you know a little bit of extra timber and he now you know um he now wears the same waist jeans as me. You know, he's really taken it on well over over the period. Um, so he used intermittent fasting well. What I say to people is intermittent fasting isn't necessarily the best thing for holding onto muscle. You could be breaking down body fat, you could be breaking down muscle. Now, considering how hard muscle mm -hmm. is to add, that's not something that I generally advise to people because muscle is our metabolic tissue. One of the reasons I can be very lean or particularly lean is because of the amount of muscle that I try to protect and because I've got some sort of addiction to training, you know, four, five, six times a week, um, which, which I think is a good thing. Others might argue differently, but that helps me maintain my muscle. There was a piece of research um, probably probably 10 years ago now, maybe eight years ago, that said that 20 grams of protein every three to four hours helps keep uh, muscle protein synthesis turned on. So we're always breaking down protein in our body, probably 15% of protein. And then, you know, you, as you know, your skin cells turn over, your liver cells turn over, the body breaks it down, remakes it as we eat more protein, whether it's animal-based, plant-based, it doesn't matter. The amino acids um, get put into peptides, get put into proteins, and that's how we can grow muscle. If we're not giving ourselves enough food in general, or we're exercising more than we need, we wanna make sure we're breaking down body fat for energy, 
rather than using that protein. Um, so that's why 20 grams of protein every three to four hours is a really good idea because that can keep muscle protein synthesis turned on and that can keep the muscle we've got. I use a secure effect, if you can see the scar on my elbow in there, there's a, there's a nice oh, yeah. shaped scar. Yeah. Um, I managed to tear my bicep off off the bone, um, holding onto a, a bar and trying to hold my body straight called a lever. Oh. Um, when I went back after having the operation, they, they, they had to fiber wire it back into the, the, the bone on the forearm. They took the dressing off and the, the National Health Service were amazed at how quickly I healed. And to the point where the doctor called in another doctor to look and have a chat. And I, they said, what did you do? And I said, well, this piece of research, 20 grams of protein every three to four hours. I made sure I did that. And I blended up spinach and broccoli and all sorts with a few shakes a day. And then all my meals were, were this sort of thing. So I knew I would heal quicker because the protein was there and the vegetables are there. It worked. I mean, anecdotally, as an anecdotal story there, but, but it, it, it does work. So um, that, that aside, going back to what we're talking about, if the overall amount of calories is less than your body needs by 10 or 20%, you will lose some form of weight. Now that could be muscle, that could be body fat, ideally body fat if we look at that 20 grams of protein. If you eat more calories than your body needs, 10 to 20%, you should be able to build some muscle if you're training. If you're not training, it's probably gonna go to body fat. So in answer to your question, it doesn't really matter what those meals are, arguably, as long as the, or how many meals, as long as the calories are equal needed to just under or just over. You go too far under and you can damage your metabolism. And then we start getting into that, cutting more calories, cutting more calories, and we end up with, a, with an eating disorder. Um, so I prefer to say to people, aim for about five a day. This is how I think it works best. A breakfast, a mid-morning snack, a lunch, a mid-afternoon snack, a dinner, and I actually have one more. I have something before bed, but I'm you know, one of those wow. people that likes to hold on to muscle. So I tend to need a few more calories than, than other people. But equally, I could go back to three meals a day and probably not see that much difference. Does that answer the question or have I just- It does, it, it does. And you know, some of it is, and I know that we talked about this earlier, you know, for some people it's almost abhorrent for this to become mathematical or scientific, but in some ways you do need to take stock in that. You need to see your amount of activity, you need to see your calorie burn, uh, the amount of calories coming in. Um, again, I'm gonna use somebody out there, but a, a, a different individual got in touch with me and said, hey, listen, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I think I'm doing everything right. I'm eating everything right. I'm working out more than ever. I, I'm just gaining weight. And I said, do me a favor, just jot down everything for like a week, and I'm no expert, I'm no guru. I said, but I'll, I'll take a look at it, but you know, keep a diary and, and be honest with it. You know, if you have this, have that. And what I found was he was eating a lot of the right things, but he would, for example, eat half a bag of almonds a day. He would eat multiple amounts of avocado. These were all good things. He would drizzle things in oil and oil and oil. And again, all good fats, but what he wasn't doing, he wasn't doing anything with these things. He wasn't keeping up with that. So, um, you know, he had said, I moved to healthy things and I got rid of the Twinkies, but he was, the amount of fat was still metabolizing into, uh, you know, obviously this. Well, as I said to you, you know, fats are nine calories per gram. So we need good fats. We need all different types of fats. You know, our brain functions with, with, with fats. We, we need the, the cell, the lipid bilayer on, on cells. We need fats even for nerve impulses we have to have fat so that sort of 80s cut the fat out everything was fat free is not the way we want to go good fats obviously trans fats are the only thing we want to avoid which are usually in processed foods in sort of 
commercial processed foods, baking, avoid those sorts of things. But otherwise you need fats. But as you say, if you're eating a number of avocados and you're eating, you know, half bag of almonds, there is a lot of, of fats coming in there. You yeah. probably want about 30% of your daily intake to be fats. Um, probably around 30 to 40% protein and then the rest of it carbohydrate. Now, a lot of people talk about removing carbohydrate and I talked about just just, just the cup size. So I do agree mm -hmm. with that. You know, it might need to come down to 50% to, to of the diet. It might need to come down to 40% of the diet. But um, you you don't want to chastise any macro, macronutrient, protein, carbs, fat. You don't want to chastise any macro um, um, completely because we need them all. We need carbs for energy. We need yeah. fats for general processes. And as we've talked about, we need protein for, for muscles and all cells in our body. Um, so one thing he could do, and this is what I, or, or, or anybody listening, I do advise is as much as I say to people, be careful about getting into weighing all your food because it can become something that people get obsessed with. And again, this is about know thyself. I have a friend who he, he's, he, he probably won't watch, but, um, he's, he's so OCD that he will, um, he has spreadsheets for the books he's read in a year for the movies he's read for what's on wow. netflix that he's not going to have time because he doesn't have time he's you know he's he's and i said to him i think if you get into this it'll it'll be obsessive for you so it's yeah. not a good way for you to approach it but what i do say to people is why not use something like my fitness pal or one of, one of these other apps that you mm. can log all your food and you can scan you know if you get a packet of chips you can scan it and it'll put all the calories and everything in Humans are habitual. We know that about humans. We tend to get into habits and we seem to do the same things. We tend to go to the same places. I was even told when I was going through one military course, we tend to use the same bathroom stall. If we go into a bathroom, we'll use the same stall. We're that habitual. And obviously from a military point of view and a bond point of view, you can use that to exploit people. We'll leave that there. But um, <laughs> you can. humans are habitual in what they do. So you could literally log your food on my fitness pal for four to five days and then not need to do it again for another year or two because you'll probably do roughly the same things. If you then see what you saw, which is you sit down as a bit of a role, I might have got into a bad, uh, a bad, um, a bad path here. So mm -hmm. I do it again. I log everything for a week. Oh, I see it. So the thing you need to do with that, which is where people trip themselves up, is they probably need to do a calorie um, an equation to work out how many calories they need for yeah. their age, weight, height. And for their overall goal and then use my fitness pal to see where they are in relation to that then ditch it then eat as they have and then at some point they might need to come back to it and revisit it and that's where some people do get a little bit confused which is where i like to use the hands because it's less confusing but what i say to people is which do you prefer the idea of let's try one and not the other right. and with all of this whether it's number of plates of food you have a day whether it's whether you want to really measure everything or whether you want to use the hand signals it's about what works for you what will you comply with? Because if you won't do it, there's no point in me giving it to you because you're not yeah. going to do it. So what do you think you can actually live with? And it's the same with making it a priority to fitness. Are you going to do it? Because if I set you six sessions a week, twice a day, and you just think, well, I'm never going to do that. Waste of time. If I set you three sessions in a week and you'll do it, great. Let's start there. So I, the last portion of this discussion dovetails perfectly from that because the one thing I preach to people is and they, they, I get a lot of questions about this. You know, whenever I talk about this type of a conversation, I, I say mind and body and they go, well, you mean, no, no, you mean body. And I said, no, I'm talking mind and body because it's almost like, you know, they say in an airplane crash, they say, you know, help yourself before you help others. And especially during COVID, you know, a lot of people had to 
do for others. Maybe you were surrounded by your children all the time or your spouse or, you know, coworkers who needed more because they weren't in front of you. But to me, fitness, health, you know, nutrition is something that you can do just for yourself. So no matter how busy you get during the day, no matter how much you're doing for your family, friends, and job, you have that moment where you have to think about yourself. You know, it's that self-care moment. And to me, the reason I say mind is because there's something very cathartic and dare I say therapeutic about doing that. Even when I prepare, you know, some of my food for the week, which I tend to do from time to time, um, I know that I'm doing that for myself. It's kind of fun. You know, I'm kind of like, oh, look at me doing something for myself. How important is that to get into the fact that this is going to benefit the mind as well as the body? So the Royal Marines Physical Training Branch's motto is a healthy mind and a healthy body. So, you know, that the Royal Marines... Oh, so I didn't invent that. No. <laughs> Damn it. The Royal Marines were founded in 1664. So you can appreciate what length of time we're talking about where wow. people... You know, the, the, the PT branch was, was founded some time later. But the, the point is that even for elite soldiers with fitness, we know that the mind is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of what you can achieve just with a, with a strong mindset over what the body is, it is another conversation. No, that's not what you're asking. In terms of looking after yourself, um, I think we have such busy lives. Um, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember. But I know it was a clinical psychologist. I was listening to a number of podcasts talked about somebody who realized that the one time a day that they had was making their coffee. And I think like me, they, they were sort of into speciality coffee. So it was probably doing a slow pour over, but you have to completely concentrate on what you're doing because you're waiting 30 seconds and then you, you, you're doing it by weight. And he said that that was the time. Actually, no, do you know who it was? It's the guy behind Headspace, the meditation. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but um, anyway, the, the guy that founded Headspace, he was talking about it and saying for this guy, that was almost meditative, him making his coffee, but it was completely focused, not what phone call do I have to make next? Oh, I need to email him or oh, the phone's coming in, you know, which we're always busy in our heads. You know, meditation. So I think it's incredibly important to find any time in the day just for yourself. Um, and actually, speaking about meditation, um, I was never really somebody who, 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 who took it on board, certainly didn't do any meditation outside of doing yoga classes and something they might, and I wasn't really doing it properly. Even after reading um, Tim Ferriss's book, uh, Tools of Titans, where a lot of these successful people talked about it, I still wasn't bothered, you know, it's not for me. Um, and then some of the research I've read during my, my psychology masters has um, made me realize that there are some really positive things to taking the time out to be thinking and concentrating and meditating um you know in terms of uh, neural connections neuroplasticity um even things like alzheimer's and this sort of thing that they're, they're saying you know can be really good so if we put exercise and meditation almost in one pot because i find when you're doing certain exercises swimming for example Swimming is in be more bond, as you'll know. And when I got into swimming, really got into swimming, I found once you've once you've nailed your stroke and you, it becomes rhythmical, it becomes almost like a dance to yourself. But you're in that water and it's just you. You can't see anybody else. You know, you might be depending if you're in the sea, you see some fish and some sand. If you're in the pool, you'll see some tiles. But that in itself is almost a meditative state. 
same with running you know you can get into a meditative state so you're right it's it, it allows you for once to concentrate on yourself care for yourself feel the water in your hands feel the wind in your hair if you're outside running listen to whatever's going on i tend to tell people to run without without headphones um so no it, it, it's a really important side of it but also links into what i said before at the very beginning which is progression hmm. progression means that you have to focus on yourself and this is where I'm a big believer in following a training program rather than going to random workouts, random classes, because there's no real progression there. And as we said, if it's the same weights, the same reps, the same sets, the same whatever, it's the same you. So if it's the same class and the, the, the class taker understandably can't progress everybody individually. It's just not feasible. So by making sure you're doing some sort of progression, making some notes in a diary, a bit like your diet, you are taking care of yourself to another level and, and looking at, okay, how am I going to improve? And as human beings, feedback on our self-improvement is really important for us. It can be very positive to changing a negative mindset to a positive mindset. So I'm not sure if I've quite answered the question there, but I'm trying to make the link that, yeah, it's very important for your your mental health as well as your physical health to consider both both as one. No, you've, I think you've hit upon it and you've advanced it because you're right. I mean, I think that coupling this together, when you think about doing this for yourself, and, and don't forget, a lot of people are clicking on this because they want to embark on this, maybe for the first time, or reignite or reawaken this, is maybe don't think about it as, gee, I wonder if Sean has, you know, how many reps he does to get his, you know, worms in his, you know, or that devil horn in that picture. How do I get that? It, it is everything. It is, it is gestalt. It's the sum of the parts equal the whole in the sense that it is your meditation, it's your nutrition, it is your outlook, it is your training, your experience, the way you think about yourself. Oh, and by the way, it is also about movement, activity, and fitness. So if somebody's really wanting to do this in the way to get the most out of it, to me, it incorporates all of those things. Yeah, yeah. People people tend to focus on this one little 1%. So what, I had a message, I think, you know, probably... Actually, I get the same sort of message on this all the time, but one was probably a couple of days ago. What's the best exercise for chest? I want to, I want, I want to lean up my chest. You know, what's the best exercise? You've probably heard me say this before. It's actually not mine. It's a guy called Jim Stepani, who, who's a PhD in, in I think nutrition, maybe, maybe in physical uh, biomechanics or something like that. But anyway, he says the best exercise for X is the one you're not doing. And I think that's a really important thing for people to understand. There is no best exercise for anything. We can come on to six packs and sit-ups, but, but there's no best exercise for anything. What there is, is you're using a certain number of exercises. It might be one, it might be two, it might be three, for a certain movement pattern. And let's say it's a press, because we're talking about chest. So it might be bench press, it might be press-ups, it might be dips. As long as you're progressing them, you're going to be asking your muscles to change, to adapt. You're going to be using more calories. You're going to be making some progression. There'll become a time where you plateau. You, you can't get any more reps out. You know, you physically, so you need to change something. So it might be you give yourself more rest. It might be you change the tempo. And if people aren't aware of what tempo is, I don't want to be lifting as fast as I can. If I lower the weight slowly, I actually get more time under tension. So I'm actually making the muscles work better. So I might want to change the tempo. I might want to make it really, really slow. Yeah. At the end of that program, I stop. I remove those exercises and I now look at three different exercises. So it might be that I do, um, what will we do? We do a bench press. It might be a dumbbell press. Mm. I was doing press ups. Maybe now it's, it's, it's a close arm press up, or maybe it's a gymnastic press up to the hips. And then I work those exercises for a period of weeks, months progressing. And then I change again. So when we fixate on one little thing, this person has something I like about them. What do they do? Oh, well they get up at 5am every day. 
I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. every day because that works for them and they look the way I want to look. It doesn't work like that. Actually, research shows at the moment that, that, that eight and a half hours sleep is the new eight hours sleep. And I know it's not achievable for most people. And we talked about getting up earlier to get your exercise in. So now we're in that balancing act of how do we make it all work? But sleep is incredibly important. People often think if I only get four hours sleep and I'm awake for, for, for all this time, I'm going to burn more calories because I'm awake more and I'm doing more activity. And you've spoken activity a lot. Actually, what research shows is that your body down regulates its metabolism. It actually slows itself because you're awake for longer. So it actually stops itself turning over calories as much. If we sleep more and we're exercising well and we're eating well and we're drinking enough water, we're going to happily burn more body fat. And if you think about that in terms of evolution, if you're stressing your body and cortisol is a big thing. We've not got too scientific, but we can do if you want to. Cortisol is a stress hormone. So if you think about where we've come from, we're in our cave and we've got a little fire and we're cooking whatever we're cooking. And then the other tribe comes over and decides they want to take what we've got. They might want to kill us. We run away and we've got our uh, cortisol levels are high because of the stress. And, and this happens in the animal kingdom, obviously, more so than it does for us these mm -hmm. days. But these hormonal pathways are there and they're not going to go anywhere that our bodies from cortisol they store fat it tells our body to store fat why because now we haven't got a cave and we're wandering around and we don't know what we're going to eat and that's going to keep us alive so the number of bankers or people in very high stress jobs that i've worked with who i want to look like a men's health cover model okay that's great how many hours are we sleeping how much alcohol are we drinking taking people out how much stress is your job You've got to be realistic about what's achievable with these other elements of your life. So to answer your question, fixating on one thing when yeah. you've got all these other things that are making that one thing quite difficult mean that it's not always achievable for everybody, which comes back to health. Let's look at changing things to be generally healthier and then maybe we'll get to where we want to get to. I love that. I, we are going to desperately uh, try to, I was going to say the word coerce. That sounds terrible. Convince Sean to come back because there's clearly a part two, three, and four to this. We just, I mean, I think Sean and I could wax poetic just about the science to all of these things and the different articles that we've read and, and New England Journal of Medicine, et cetera, which we'll have back. The one thing I want people to take away with as we round this conversation out is, and, and Sean, I think you would agree with this, is just start. I think one of the problems is, is that people say, I've got to wait for the exact right time, or maybe I'll wait for the movie to be over. Or, you know, I've got this holiday coming up. As soon as that's done, um, I think you just need to start. Isn't that like half the battle? Yeah, the, the first session is always the hardest. You know, and, and, and this is for people who've never done this before, people who've been a, doing a bit before and then have taken a break. The first one is always the hardest, but it's equally the one that you probably regret the least because once you've done it, you know, bar doing something stupid and getting injured, you don't ever regret doing a training session yes you, know, you, you, yes. you don't it, it's it's it gives you endorphins it makes you feel better so you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say i'm always disciplined and motivated to train some days you know you've had a long day you've been working too many hours you know you haven't slept well the night before and you don't feel like it the only time i'll, I'll have it this is when you're unwell if, you, if you're sick you know there's been covid going around sure. that's not a good time to train but other than that do the training, you know, even if you do a half an hour, even if you do a 20 minutes, you will feel better and you won't regret it. So you're absolutely right. Just start and also give yourself a break. 
start easy. You don't need to start where you were before. You don't need to look at what that person's doing and doing that. If your start is to do three sets of press-ups, three sets of sit-ups, three sets of squats, do that. You know, three sets of five of all of them. Then the next day, three sets of six, three sets, see what you can get to. You know, those simple things. The, the old EMOM. Have you heard of EMOM? Every minute on the minute? No. So I might start, I'll get my iPhone and I'll start the stopwatch and I'll do a set of 10 press-ups. I don't stop that stopwatch. When it comes around to 60 seconds, the minute, I do my next set of 10 press-ups. When it comes around again, I do my next set. I might do that for 10 rounds. You can do that with any exercise. You could do that, you know, with, you could do that with skipping for 20 skips. You could do it for squats. You could do it for whatever you want to do. And the next time you do it, try and add a rep, 11, set, 11 reps, 12 reps. So there's little things to do, as you say, just, just start, just do something. Sage, sage advice. Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. You know, I could talk about this all day, as you've said. So um, we'll, have to, we'll have to do it again. If people have got specific questions, I'm always happy to jump on and, and, and see if we can help people, help people be healthier. What a wonderful invitation. So I'll tell you what, let's, let's use the comment section below in this video for the best effect possible. If you put your questions below, maybe Sean and I will take a look through them, pick a few, and maybe even create a video around it again, if we can convince them to come back. But Sean, thanks so much. And this has been David Zaritsky for The Bond Experience. We'll see you all real soon. Take care. Thanks for watching this episode. If you want to be up on the latest from The Bond Experience, just click on this subscribe and subscribe to our channel. You're going to get all the latest and greatest information plus some exclusive content. And by the way, speaking of content, here's something especially for you just because we know you. Talk to you soon.